Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. First strike here on Visa. And I'm your host, Dave Ross. For the next hour, we're going to break down everything and a lot going on at Abu Dhabi ahead of UFC 280. My goodness, two title bouts on card for this one. Of course, Charles Oliver against Islam Makachev at 155 pounds. He's going to drop down a little bit and wait and get down to 135 pounds to see if Aljamain Sterling is the best in the division or if it is the former Bantamweight champion, two-time Bantamweight champion, that being TJ Dillashaw. So we'll get to all of that in just a minute. Of course, going to have Lou Finicaro join us momentarily. Going to have Jordan Sherwood join us from Chicago. Dan Vreeland's going to be on the program as well. And of course, our numbers guy, Reed Kuhn, with his analytical approach to this card. So without further ado... Let's get to the man. You can follow on Twitter as I do at Gamblu. He is the host of the About Business Podcast. He's been on fire as of late. Lou Finicaro, kind enough to join us here on this Friday. Lou, it's 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 awkward for me. You know, on Thursday night, you see the weigh-ins coming over in Abu Dhabi. Obviously, with the time change, half half a world away here for these early cards for us here in the West Coast uh, tomorrow morning. When you look at the main event here at 155 pounds, I had heard murmurs of maybe a possibility of some weight issues. It looks like everybody on the scale looking good for Oliveira against Makachev. Did you glean anything from the weigh-ins before we get to this huge lightweight championship bout? Dave, thanks so much for having me on. This is a card that we've been all looking forward to all year. I know there was a photo floating out there of Oliveira a cut and weight. I, I can't even substantiate if that picture was from this weekend. It, you try not to get too excited about that kind of stuff when it comes out prior to or during the, uh, you know, just before the weigh-ins. You wait until they hit the scale. Who was first on the scale? A Oliveira who jogged up and bounced off and through. So second to weigh in Makashev. So really the weigh-ins went smooth. They all went inside of 50 minutes. The only real issue or item of note, Caitlin Shukagian missed weight by uh, a pound. She missed the limit by a pound and a half, uh, came in with, you know, 12 or 15 minutes prior. Uh, she's a cagey old veteran, and she knew not to compromise her potential uh, showing against Firo by cutting that extra weight. Is it angling? Is it positioning? Is it political? It is all yes, that. Uh, but Chagagian did miss. All right, so she's the fight is still going to go on against Firo, as you mentioned here. We'll talk about that fight in a second. I'm so intrigued by the main event, obviously. As you mentioned, maybe this card 
on paper could be the best card that the UFC will have in this calendar year. It's that deep. It's that good. So Oliveira, of course, missed weight the last time out. That's why this is for the vacated 155-pound title. But Lou, to me, just watching the guy, he feels like it looks like he's carrying himself as a champion, right? I think even though he does not, he is not the champion currently, he feels like he is still the rightful champion. Makachev feels like the the champion in waiting, and that is the clash that we're going to have in Abu Dhabi. Which side do you lean towards, and what style of fight do you think we're going to get? It's my belief that the fights here in Phoenix, when Oliveira weighed in, there was hanky-panky on the scale. Mm. I firmly believe that. Uh, Oliveira is carrying himself like the champ, because he is the champ, and that most people in the mixed martial arts game recognize him as champ. What some footnote on a piece of paper means nothing to me, really, and it means nothing to him. If anything, I believe it's added further fuel, focus, and fire to a guy that's already has won eight straight fights and is really a, a killer in there. This fight's going to be totally amazing. The, the matchup on the ground is fascinating. We're going to see it on the ground because I think Makachev has got what it takes to get it there. What happens then is anybody's guess. I know this. While they're on the feet, it's going to be a one-sided affair. And it'll be up to Makachev to try and address that as soon as he can. It's my belief that Oliveira is not going to play patient. I think Oliveira is going to believe that this is, please excuse my dogs. (laughs) (laughs) But we're talking about an underdog, so we got to have some dogs in the background. I know I've talked to Britton and Matt and some of the guys in the tech room to get dog barking in my background, and so I had to bring it myself. I thought it was a prop for Charles Oliveira, the live <laughs> dog here at plus $1.60. Uh, but, you know, he does. Look, it, it's so hard, you know, it, for somebody like me that's uh, obviously most fighters, we love to watch the greats fight, right? And he's cashed a lot of ticket as as a barking underdog. That is for sure. And, again, the numbers come down here. You could have gotten Oliveira north of $2.00 when this fight came down, but the respect in the betting market has certainly come in on Charles. And I think it is warranted here. The over under here sitting right at two and a half. Do you think we're looking for subs early from both guys, right? Cause if the fight goes down to the ground, you know, Oliveira, he's no stranger to the ground. And one of the, the lead guys here in the UFC of actually getting subs. And we know Makachev wants to use that Russian style of wrestling. Does it go long into Abu Dhabi? Or do you think maybe it's a quicker night? Again, set right in the middle at two and a half rounds, juiced right now to the under minus $1.55. Yeah, as the week has gone on, I've, uh, I have I always respect the bookmakers. That number surprised me early in the week. By now, I do believe that's probably accurate because uh, I, I believe it's going to be Charles' choice to take this fight to Makachev. Why, why let the Russian get comfortable, get acclimated, or... Uh, in any way confident. So I think Oliveira is going to run across the ring, and I think Makachev's going to meet him because he wants to immediately take this down. Makachev, with his dynamic strike defense, he has dynamic strike defense because in his first fight, he got knocked out, and he don't like to get hit in the teeth. And so he doesn't want to deal with Charles on, on, the, gr- on the feet. He wants to take it to the ground, and it's going to be a fascinating uh, confrontation when they engage and go to the fence or to the ground. I have less feel for totals in this fight. I have a strong feel for Oliveira. I believe that uh, he and his body of work, his experience, who he's been in with, far outweigh Bobby Green, Stevie Ray Thompson, and Vicente Luque, who I totally respect. 
But I don't believe Makachev gets there other than his relationship with Khabib. He's not fought a top five ranked lightweight. And Oliveira gets here off of Chandler, Gaethje, Poye. Uh, who's hard to, who? Hard to, hard to beat that. Absolutely. The who's who of the 155 pounders. So you like uh, Oliveira here at plus sixty. Let's go to the, to the co-main here. Aljamain Sterling obviously had two epic fights against Peter Jan. One, of course, disqualification. Gave the belt to Aljo, and I thought Aljo earned the victory in the second time around. Now, uh, Aljamain Sterling is going to get TJ Dillashaw. Now, this is a guy that has had his issues with USADA. They've been well-documented, the former two-time champion in this weight class here. Uh, what do you make of Dillashaw, I guess, 2.0 now, and we're supposed to now assume that this is the clean version of TJ Dillashaw. Is the clean version good enough at plus fifty to pull the upset against Aljo? I think it is, and uh, TJ's greatest asset uh, when he was before the USADA situation was his footwork, and that's where he's going to have advantage over Aljo. Aljo's striking is herky-jerky, awkward, and hard to time, that said, he doesn't move like TJ does. It's going to be a fascinating fight. And if I wash myself clean, I'm not going to be using this fight in any way. But if I wash myself clean, I think that uh, this is more of a pick em fight. And if you can get TJ with money, it might be a good consideration. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I, I feel the same exact way here, plus $1.50 right now for the former two-time Bantamweight champion. Uh, let's get to some of the plays that I know you like in this card here, Lou. Uh, Sean Brady against, remember the name, Bilal Muhammad out of Chicago, Illinois. Brady a small favorite? Do you think he's the rightful favorite? I'm seeing about minus $1.35. Well, we're sure going to find out. He enters 15-0. and 0. He's strong as he can be, dynamic, fast, quick, three years younger than Bilal. And what does Bilal do? Uh, though he is not descript, in fact, he's quite indescript. He relies on his wrestling, but all he does is find ways to win. Uh, you can't discredit it for who he's been in with. He's won his last eight. What's interesting in this fight to me, Dave, is that Bilal's not faced anyone that really fights like him. Hmm. And not only does Brady fight like him, I think he fights a little better than him. He's younger than him, and he's stronger than him. And that's what I think we're going to find when we see these two clash Saturday morning. All right, so minus $1.30 for Brady, the undefeated fighter, trying to keep that string going. Kayo Boyhayo uh, is going to take on Mahmoud Muradov here, and right now Boyhayo is about a $2 betting favorite here. Looked really good his last time out. What do you make of this fight here? Yeah, yet that fight's lined at one and a half. Very interesting. Uh, Boyhayo has uh, been active. In fact, his two UFC wins, both dominant, both against fighters on this card, have come inside the time that Muradov has been inactive. Between Muradov's inactivity and who he's fought, I, I think this, uh, it's hard to say that we're going to see the Russian fighter uh, coming in uh, kind of as the sacrificial lamb, but that's how I see it. This is Baralo's fight to lose, and I look for him to dominate and and potentially even finish this inside the, the distance. Well, you're right. It feels like this is a kid on uh, on the uh, upswing here, certainly early on in his UFC career. So that's why the big favorite there, minus 205. You mentioned Caitlin Chagagin. She didn't miss weight, but the fight will go on against Menon Farrell here. Uh, you, you think this fight, she is normally known as a decision fighter. Do you see that playing out again? 
Well, they have the fight lined two and a half rounds over minus three something. Mm -hmm. So they see it that way. I see it that way. Uh, Chukagian, uh, really, she fights the decision. As a matter of fact, she's uh, of her 18 UFC wins. 15 have come from decision. She's long. She's lanky. She's experienced. She moves well. This is a PhD in MMA fight. Firo is ferocious, mean, strong, power, bullied two grapplers from Brazil that were undersized. She steps way up in competition against Chukagian here. Caitlin Chukagian via decision, plus 240. Woo, like it. Juicy. Check him out. At Gam Lou on Twitter. And, of course, the host of the Bout Business Podcast. He's been giving out a lot of winners. Lou, appreciate you. As always, my friend, enjoy the fights. When we come back, we're going to Chicago. Jordan Sherwood joins the program next. It's first strike here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You're going to be able to bet on much more than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and futures for MMA events. Eligible restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for the full terms and conditions. We roll on with the UFC 280 edition of First Strike here on VEASAN. Go out to the great city of Chicago. Jordan Sherwood joins us there. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter as I do, at Wood on ESPN 1000, and the host of the MMA, unnamed MMA podcast. It's so good it doesn't need a name. Jordan, great to have you back in the program. We talked earlier uh, today here across our show on uh, Big Bets with Amal Shaw and myself. We talked a lot about the main event here, and rightfully so, when you look at Oliveira against Makachev, it's a, such a compelling fight for so many different reasons. Obviously, we do think, even though they're, they're ranked one and four, I think we have the two best lightweights right now on the planet uh, fighting in Abu Dhabi. How do you see this fight playing out before you give me the, the side that you really like here? Yeah, I, I think that, that both guys are going to want to establish themselves early. Both guys actually are notorious quick starters, and, and, I, and I'm expecting each guy to do that. I think 
that Carlos Oliveira is going to want to win the battle on the feet. I mean, that's how he really became this, this unbelievable fighter, this champion fighter at 155. He complimented his Brazilian jiu-jitsu with an outstanding Muay Thai game. And not just a, a Muay Thai game, but a Muay Thai pressure game where he's able to get force guys, force his opponents into maybe making some mistakes or doing something uh, that's not going to be in their strength. Whereas Islam Makachev is also that type of guy, but he's going to want to get this fight and get the fight to the ground. That's what he likes to do, uh, you know, utilize that outstanding grappling, that top-heavy wrestling game, obviously training under uh, Habib Nurmagomedov. So I think both guys, notorious fast starters, and both guys are not, there's not going to be a feeling out process. Both guys are going to look to get started early. And to that end, Jordan, I think you look at it and you see that the under is juiced a little bit here, minus star 55 at two and a half rounds. Is it because of that style of fight that you think that maybe it's not a very long uh, morning for us here in Las Vegas, but certainly over in Abu Dhabi? I think it really just has to do with Charles Oliveira. I mean, Charles Oliveira is a prolific finisher. Obviously, we know he has the record for UFC finishes. He's got the record for UFC submissions. And when he's been on this meteoric rise, uh, he's going out and finishing guys. He's not going five rounds and, and controlling them. And, and Makachev is, is kind of is kind of a similar fighter as well. He looks to go out there and get the finish. But but the thing that that leans me to believe that it's going to be a quicker fight is also because we've seen Oliver get stopped. I mean, he has seven stoppage losses in his mixed martial arts score. He's been knocked out. He's been submitted. So it, it's kind of kill or be killed attitude, which is why I believe uh, we're going to have a, an early finish, whomever side you're on. It's not it's not going to go into the championship rounds. Both of these guys just too talented and too, too, too much with a killer instinct. You're right. And you mentioned Oliveira, you know, getting submitted by guys like Ricardo Lamas at 145 pounds, now 155. It feels like a different Oliveira, right, for the guy that has those seven losses. He carries himself differently now. He feels like the champ, even though missing weight in Phoenix cost him that strap. But I still think he's regarded as the best 155-pounder in the world do you like him in this fight here? Because the betting market has bet this down with respect for Oliveira here. You could have got him north of $2. Now it's been hovering right around $1.60, $1.65 most of fight week. Yeah, I'm shocked at the disrespect for Charles Oliveira. I mean, what more does he have to do than run through Michael Chandler, Justin Gagey, and Dustin Poirier his last three fights when he became you know, the UFC lightweight champion? Again, this guy's evolved into a complete mixed martial artist. He's deadly on the ground. He's got good Muay Thai. He's shown unbelievable recovery skills. He was dropped in all three of those fights, came back, and finished each of those guys. And I don't have the confidence that Islam Makachev would be as successful, at least in a dominating fashion, over those three aforementioned fighters. I'm on Charles Oliveira. And the reason being is because I think he wins the fight on the feet. Uh, he's better on the stand-up. And I think if, if Makachev wants to get this fight to his arena, which is on the ground, that's Charles Oliveira's wheelhouse as well. I mean, he's probably got the most prolific guard we've seen in mixed martial arts. And at plus money, at plus money, you got to be kidding me. Charles Oliver is my selection because just for those reasons, I think he's the best lightweight on the world. You're right. He's got advantages, certainly. And even with the, just the metrics here, you look at, he's got almost a four inch reach advantage too. So if he can keep the fight standing with Makachev, it's going to be tough for Makachev to get inside and throw hands. If that's what he chooses to do or look for double legs, there's going to be danger on the way in certainly to try to get there against Oliveira. Uh, before we get to the co-main, I want to drop down here to what I think is maybe the most intriguing non-title fight of the bunch. That's Peter Yan against uh, the Sugar Show, Sean O'Malley. Because I know you have a play on this one here. You know, you look at talk about advantages. 
O'Malley is the much bigger fighter, taller fighter than Peter Jan here. Jan can wrestle, and maybe O'Malley doesn't get the credit uh, on his back as well. What style of fight do you think here? And potentially, do you think this one goes to the cards? Yeah, I mean, look, I, it's such a, a, an interesting fight because Sean O'Malley, you know, like him, hate him. Uh, he's in a big-time spot for, for this reason. And he is a difficult matchup because of his size, because of his length. Uh, and, and just also like the aura that surrounds him. I mean, people, fighters lose fights prior to entering into the octagon. And Peter Yan is an emotional fighter. Uh, we've seen that, uh, the Aljamain Sterling fight in the first time around. He got emotional and, and, and had a brain fart and, and gets DQ'd. Uh, you saw him at the, at not the weigh-ins, but uh, the prior to the weigh-ins after the press conference, shoving O'Malley. Like he's, he, he's emotionally invested in this fight, and I don't know if that's a good scenario. But here, when you look at it just from a fight, fight, fighter standpoint, style, he's a counter-striker, and he's got that wrestling. I think Peter Jan's going to be cautious. He's going to try and figure out that length uh, that, that O'Malley possesses. Uh, and this fight does go into the deeper round. O'Malley, a notorious fast starter, will slow. Jan, notorious slow starter, will, will quicken as the fight goes along. And I do believe we go to the judges' scorecards in this one. Yeah, if you like it to go to the distance, not even picking a winner, minus $1.75 there. So if you want to play the over two and a half round, that, that is over $2. But I, I'm kind of I'm picking up what you're putting down there. And again, talk about built-in advantages. Uh, O'Malley, about four inches taller and a four-inch reach advantage as well. So you would think Jan would try to utilize that wrestling. He's got a good wrestling base as well. And maybe not get into the hands contest with O'Malley. That's going to be a very interesting fight. The co-main event, speaking of interesting, look, we saw those uh, those Jan fights that you alluded to against Aljamain Sterling. And now Aljo gets a new opponent and TJ Dillashaw, the former champion, two-time champion at the Bantamweight division here. How do you see this one playing out? Because, again, I think most people think this one has the, the better chance of going to the cards all five rounds here. Is there any potential that you see for a finish for these guys inside of five rounds? I think there is, for sure. I mean, look, T.J. Dillashaw is, is a finisher. I mean, he's, he's shown that he's got knockout power, the two knockouts against the, you know, Cody Garbrandt. Uh, whereas, you know, we saw Eljamain Sterling get finished by Marlon Marais, uh, you know, pretty uh, viciously, uh, you know, several years ago. Um, and also, and Aljo's unbelievable on the ground. He's got some awkward takedowns and some awkward submissions. Uh, we saw him run right through Corey Sanhagen uh, a few fights ago. But I think both these guys are, are, are top of the heap in the Bantamweight division. A lot of the stuff they do cancel each other out. I think striking, albeit different, is kind of cancels each other out. Wrestling, I think they kind of cancel each other out. Certainly from a cardio standpoint, both guys can push hard and go hard for five rounds. I think it's just going to be the intangibles. And I think it's Aljamain Sterling's time to prove that he is the best fighter at 135 pounds. I love the camp. That he comes from Ray mm -hmm. Longo, Matt Serra, training with Marab Didishvili every single day. And now also now having the experience of going the four rounds with Peter Jan the first time, the five rounds uh, with Peter Jan the second time, and getting the win, getting over that hump. I think that, look, TJ Doshaw is a great fighter, ignoring the issues that he had outside the octagon. I'm not ignoring the fact that he's a two-time champion, but I believe it's Aljamain Sterling's time, and we will hear tomorrow afternoon and still UFC Bantamweight champion, and I do like him at that price at a dollar seven. Woo! Okay, let's go because it's such a deep card here. You got some former champions uh, like uh, Volkan Ustamir is on this card as well. But I know you've got your eye on a Chicago fighter uh, on of this course. one here, Bilal Muhammad. You like him in this one against Sean Brady, who's undefeated? I, yeah, I look. I, yeah, Sean Brady's very talented, but I think Bilal Muhammad's gonna gonna be the uh, the be able to solve the riddle. 
I think Bilal Muhammad, uh, the, the awkward wrestling that he brings, the awkward you know takedowns he goes in with, he's going to be have the advantage on the feet. I think he's the better boxer. Uh, Sean Brady, you know, impressive against other grapplers. So we've we've seen him deal with that, but he also tired. And what's one of the strong points of Bilal Muhammad's game? It's his cardio. It's his ability to push pace hard for five rounds. Plus, even though I'm on the uh, Oliveira side, I'm very intrigued about Habib Nurmagomedov being in the corner of Bilal Muhammad because I think Habib is transitioning to being one of the best coaches we have. So I love that corner mentality that Bilal's going to have as well. Bilal's been in there with better fighters as well. I'm going to lean on that. So I think Muhammad gets the win, but I, I don't like him right now at, at the plus 110. I think he goes three rounds, so plus 180 uh, via decision is my suggestion for playing Bilal Muhammad over Sean Brady tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow afternoon. It's an excellent handicap because, again, when you watch Bilal Muhammad fight, if he is to get the win, more than likely he's going to grind out a three-round decision in victory because of that awkward wrestling style, so you can get a much better price point than what you have at plus $1.15. Jordan, really appreciate it as well. Enjoy the fights, and again, everybody check out the unnamed MMA podcast. Appreciate you, my friend. We'll catch up again soon. All right, when we come back, Dan Vreeland's going to join the program, take a look at some of the undercards here and some sneaky selections he has on this fight card as well. Come on back. It's First Strike here on the Sports Betting Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This episode is brought to you by Yes on Prop 27 and DraftKings. Half the country already allows online sports betting for adults 21 or older. It's time to let California fans in on all the action. There's no good reason your friends in New York, Chicago, Phoenix, Portland, Boston, etc. can bet online. But Californians are still forced to deal with those shady bookies. Prop 27 ensures California finally catches up. So vote Yes on Prop 27. Back here on First Strike, I am Dave Ross, joined now by Dan Freeland. He does great work with the Sports Gambling Podcast, the Cage Side uh, Press as well, host of the Top Turtle Podcast and MMA Gambling Podcast. Dan, great to have you back on the program, my friend. I do want to look at some of the undercards here and some of the uh, fights we have not discussed yet. And I know you have a play on a a sizable underdog here in A.J. Dobson against uh, Armin Pedrosian. Why do you think Dobson as the dog is the right play here? So I think Dodson has kind of gotten a little bit of a bad shake on things because leading into that debut fight he had, first of all, you know, really tough debut fight in the first place. 
but he also had a bum knee the whole time. And now that his knee has been reconstructed and he's back to normal, the thing we know about AJ Dotson is he's a phenomenal wrestler. He trains under Mark Coleman. He trains under Matt Brown, people who coach wrestling really well. And he's got a good wrestling base to start with. And he's up against a guy in Armin Petrosian who, when he's been forced to wrestle and defend for the entirety of a fight, like he was against Kyle Ohio, he didn't fare all that well. Mm-hmm. Now I-, I know people like him quite a bit because he beat Gregory Robocop Rodriguez. And that always looks good. But Robocop really didn't lean on his wrestling in that fight the way he should have in the way he could have in in, in the way that I think he probably would have beaten Armin Petrosian. So I think despite the fact that AJ Dobson does not have a win in the UFC, and for some people that's an alarm, especially for a guy who beat Robocop, I, I think AJ Dobson's wrestling just carries the day here. It might not be the most exciting fight, but I think he probably grinds out two out of three rounds here against Petrosian. It feels very live at plus $1.75. If that's the kryptonite, certainly for Petrosian, that's what uh, Dobson certainly wants to do. You mentioned Kyle Ohio. He is a sizable favorite here, minus $2 against uh, Mahmoud uh, Muradov here. What do you make of Ohio here? He feels like a, a real up-and-comer here in his first two fights in the UFC. He's absolutely dazzled. Yeah, and I think the UFC knows what they have in Kyle Ohio because not only is he... You know, first of all, an exciting Brazilian prospect who's won two in a row. But the UFC loves a good Brazilian prospect who speaks really great English and can do interviews. And he's even gone on record saying he he's done that to be more marketable to the UFC. They rewarded him with a couple of co-main event spots, granted, and maybe not the best looking fight night guards, but he got a couple of co-main event spots right out of the gate. And now they got him here with Mahmoud Muradov, which I think is a little bit of a setup fight for him. I think it's a fight. It designed to make Kai Bohio look good because what we've seen on Bohio is, first of all, really great wrestling. He does a great job of taking the fight to the ground. He does a great job wearing on his opponents. And what we saw out of Muradov, not last fight, but two fights ago when he fought Gerald Mearshart, is he looked good in the first round and being forced to even think about grappling or to fend off the grappling exhausted him, exhausted him to the point where Gerald Mearshart just got it going in the second round, submitted him fairly easily. And I think Kai Bohio is probably more physically strong than Gerald Mearshart. Even if his jiu-jitsu isn't better, I think we're going to see that his wrestling's better, his top game is better, and the fact that his grounded pound is there too, he could really finish him anyway. I like Kaibo Ohio in this fight. Not only do I like him, I actually think he gets a finish here, which I, I'm seeing you know, close to plus $2.00. That, that, to me, is a really good value. And again, you don't want to get uh, too picky here. KOTKO DQ is plus 450. Ohio or the sub is plus $3. Look, I got burned in the Patty Pimblet fight against Jordan Levitt because I thought it was going to be ground and pound. And, of course, he gets the sub. Didn't see that coming. Is that why you'd just rather go inside the distance instead of picking the exact manner of victory? A thousand percent. Because I've seen him drop really great ground and pound. Right? I, I saw him absolutely brutalized some people with that. But if you go back to his regional career, he actually was more of a submission guy. He was a guy who looked for guillotines. He was a guy who looked for arm triangles and stuff like that. So while we haven't seen too much of that as of late, especially with a guy who just got subbed in Gerald Mir- against Gerald Mearshart, I don't really like trying to get too choosy here, especially because we're already taking a guy who's negative 200, making a plus 175. We're, we're getting greedy even thinking of the finish. <laughs> exactly right. We've already turned that negative into a positive. That should be good enough. Uh, let's talk about, I, again, I, I'm on record. I think it's going to be the most intriguing non-title bout out there. That's Peter Yan against the Sugar Show, Sean O'Malley. A lot of respect in the betting market, at least for O'Malley. We get it. We understand how popular a fighter he's already become. So the numbers come down since the, the fight was announced here, but still over a 250 betting underdog here against Peter Yan. 
So do you just want to lay the number with Jan? Because I'm, I'm intrigued by the style. Is Jan going to wrestle? Is he going to stand and trade with O'Malley? What style of fight do you see? And what do you think is the best pathway to maximize your profits? I think we're going to see him wrestle a little bit, but actually what I think you're going to see most of in the first round is I think you're going to see him rip Sean O'Malley's leg. Because while Sean O'Malley is a guy who is really good at striking from a distance, and we actually haven't seen Peter Jan or Piotr Jan rather, uh, you know, do too much leg kicks over the, the course of his career. You know, he's like nine or 10 per fight. If you look at that Pedro Munoz fight against Sean O'Malley, he ate 26 leg kicks in less than a round and a half, which to me is a huge alarm. And Piotr Jan is a guy who will go back to the film he will dot game plans from past opponents, and he will put them to use even better than the past guy. I think you're going to see Piotr Jan rip the legs of Sean O'Malley early, sort of immobilize him, and I think you're going to see him build momentum in that second and third round. Piotr Jan, always a slow starter, but I actually think this is a really great spot to find a Piotr Jan KO prop. Hmm. Um, you know, some people are saying inside the distance, you know, like I, I'm looking at the numbers right now, plus 300 and plus 250. Is there a huge difference between saying KO or, or inside the distance? I think both of them are pretty reasonable, but at the end of the day, like, I also think I would probably look at, see what Piotr Jan in either rounds two or three looks like. I don't think he's going to get Sean O'Malley out in the first two. So you might even be able to make it look a little sweeter by taking a look at those round props. Uh, that is very intriguing, Dan. And, and first, I, I love the fact that you have gone with a traditional pronunciation instead of the Americanized bastard version that we do <laughs> of Peter Jan when it's Peter Jan. I can't say it as well as you do. But you're right. There, there's real value there because Sean can fade, right? And if Jan can can you know get this fight down to the ground, potentially the wrestling, and wear out O'Malley, I think you're right on there. It could be a good spot in the third round, potentially, uh, for Jan to get that stoppage. Intriguing one there. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the main event of the evening. It's so intriguing, obviously, when you have Dubronx in there against Makachev. It feels like Islam is the next, right? We've been waiting for Makachev, some have, to be the next Habib Nurmagomedov. But then you got Oliveira there, and even though he's not the champion because of the weight discrepancy in Phoenix, everybody regards him as the champion. And yet that pseudo-champ is plus sixty in the betting market. It's been bet down, but still, he's a sizable dog. What do you make of the main event? Yeah, I think it's crazy that he's an underdog. Um, and for a couple of reasons. First of all, he's proven us wrong time and time again. It's not like Islam Makhachev is going to go in there and outstrike him, right? Because we just saw uh, Dustin Poirier not do it, Justin Gaethje not do it, and Michael Chandler not do it. And if none of those three guys are outstriking Charles Oliveira and taking him out of there, Islam Makhachev sure as hell is not. So what you're saying is if you really believe in laying at Islam Makhachev at negative 190, you're telling me that you think he is going to lay on top of Charles Oliveira enough over to a 25 minute period to finish him. Cause I don't think he's going to sub him either. I, I think that's crazy. So at the, at the end of the day, I just think there's too many different ways for Charles Oliveira to win. I think he can, he can hit him on the feet. I think he can sub him on the way in. I think he himself could get some of his wrestling going in, in, for everybody who's out there saying, well, you know, Makashev is tough to submit. He's never been submitted and things like that. He also doesn't really go to the ground with really strong grapplers. Like if you go back and you watch his fight against uh, Davi Hamosh, world champion grappler, phenomenal grappler. Islam Makashev over a 15 minute period attempted one takedown, one total takedown in that fight. And he didn't succeed. So at the end of the day, he didn't want to be on the ground with Davi Hamosh. If you don't want to be on the ground with Davi Hamosh, what are you going to do against Charles Oliveira? Because while he is maybe not as decorated as of like a pure grappler as Davi Hamosh is, he has adopted it to the MMA game 7,000 times better than Davi Hamosh. So 
I think there's that way for, for Oliver to win. I think he could knock him out on the feet. I think he could just continuously hurt him on the feet. Like there's so many different ways for Charlie Olives to win this fight. I, I think you just have to go with him here. And, and of course, like we've said with the prop so far, I, I think all of them trying to get too picky here is a little bit crazy. I think you just take him on the money line, especially because he's plus money. But I also think because Makashev is not the type of guy who like, you know, goes balls to the wall to start mm-hmm. a fight, much like you might see a Chandler or a Poye or a Gaethje do. I think finding the later props here on Oliveira, much like Piotr Jan, is going to look exactly the same. Rounds, I saw a prop that said round three and four, you get both rounds for plus a thousand on Charles Oliveira. I, I don't hate that. Um, <laughs> but again, just the money line in itself is good. Uh, by the way, Du Bronx is a great nickname. Charlie Olives might be even better. <laughs> I mean, that's fantastic, Dan. I got about uh, 30 seconds to go. Is there any other fight on the card that you think there's still some value there here on a Friday? Yeah, I mean, there are a couple. I really do think Aljamain Sterling has value in and of himself. Uh, I think TJ Dillashaw has just never faced somebody who wrestles and grapples like him. Um, and I'll also throw it out there. I, I think Manon Firo is going to do work against Caitlin Chokagian. I'm a big fan of Manon Firo. Um, you know, the Caitlin Chokagian decision prop. Everybody loves it. But Manon Firo, low-key, and this is my my prediction for that fight, She's going to wrestle more than you've ever seen her wrestle before because she's actually got Loki really great wrestling. Wow, that would be a surprise. That is for sure. Dan, really appreciate it. I love the conversation. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Gumby Freeland and maybe the best nickname you've given to Charles Oliveira, Charlie Olives. Enjoy the fights, my friend. We'll catch up again soon. When we come back, we're going to go to Washington, D.C. Reed Kuhn joins the program next. It is First Strike here on VC, the Sports Betting Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Start your morning with Beeson's newest podcast, Daily Morning Bets. Josh Applebaum gets you every piece of information you need to be ready for betting the day's biggest games in just 15 minutes. He discusses line movements, injuries, what you need to be looking at before you make those wagers. So make the Beeson Daily Morning Bets podcast part of your morning routine. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on First Strike, Dave Ross here with you. Always a pleasure to be joined by Reed Kuhn in Washington, D.C. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter as I do at Fightnomics. And, of course, he is the author of a book of the same name. Reed, great to have you back in the program. I'm very excited, obviously, to get your uh, analytical approach to this one. By the numbers, what you see for UFC 280. 
And it was something you and I were talking about briefly before we came on to start this, this conversation. Sometimes, you know, the, the numbers play out the way they play out. And a lot of fighters on this card don't have enough data to qualify for some of your systems, correct? Yeah, when you're taking a quantitative view, you need sample size, you need history. So, and you need it on both sides of the cage. That's a problem. You can't have someone with a ton of data, but they're facing a rookie basically, or even someone with just two fights doesn't meet the threshold. You need it on both sides. And matchmaking as it is, you know, sometimes they're pairing a veteran with someone who's an up and comer. That doesn't help me out. It makes me have to skip a lot of these fights, especially when it's like a breakout new signee like Bo Nickel. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to watch that guy fight three times before I can actually play him. Uh, I- but yeah, we do have some veterans on the main card here. But I think, Reed, what you just hit at is great advice for everybody new to this space, right? And certainly in mixed martial arts. In your system, you're going to eliminate certain fights and fighters because you just don't have the sample size. So instead of you know taking the, kind of that blind stab out there uh, in the dark, and that's what a lot of uh, gamblers are going to do, I think it's really smart approach by you to say, hey, if they don't fit the criteria, we're going to keep them out of the model, and therefore they're a pass. You don't have to play every fight on that fight card. Let's talk about some of those that did qualify. Let's go right to the top in the main event here, Islam Makachev against Charles Oliveira. And again, it's fascinating to see Dubronx as an underdog again. He's cashed so many times in that role. What are the numbers showing you for this potential five-round lightweight title bout? Yeah, I think everybody knows that the grappling dynamic here is it fits that whole styles make fights mentality. You've got a wrestler, you've got a guy who's one of the best people in the UFC or ever to lock in chokes. Um, he, I think Oliveira already holds the record for most submissions, mm-hmm. and he's still fairly young. He is going to shatter that record, hold it for a very long time. Uh, but you got Makachev, who seems to be the antidote. You know, he is dominant on top. He's got the ground control. Knowing that this is going to take a while before it hits the ground, look at the striking metrics. Oliveira has sneaky good striking, very accurate. He does have knockdowns. Um, his problem there on the paper anyway is that he has now been dropped in multiple fights. And even though we look back at those fights and we say he got dropped, came back and won <laughs> twice in a row, that is a statistically unlikely thing to do even once, let alone twice in a row. So on one hand, you think, well, he overperformed as an underdog. On the other hand, you got to say, maybe he got a little lucky there. You know, his opponents got overeager. They dove head first into a choke. I'm going to ignore all that. I'm just sizing these guys up on what they actually have done in fights. And I got to lean with Makachev knowing that his dominant control, he's been on the ground his whole life. He should know how to stay out of submissions. And if he can do that for the first two rounds, I think he's going to stretch his fight. He's going to stay out of danger because those submissions need to be locked in early to be effective. Absolutely love that from a quantitative style here where you look at just the raw numbers here and what you see from it. We've talked about price points as well before. This has come down dramatically since it was announced. Is it now, the the numbers bear it out too, but the price is not as ridiculous as it was when this fight was first announced because most of the money has come in on Charles. Yeah, I think people are looking back like, man, this guy makes a live dog pretty much in every fight. I don't care who you put him against. He could snatch a choke and he could win. That is definitely an outcome that you got to worry about. Based on the price, though, yes, you're right. I think this has come down into a playable spot. It's not huge. This is a smaller play for me. You maybe heard me say this before. I hope my night is already decided before I get to the main <laughs> event. Maybe I can actually watch it without sweating. Right. Uh, but this is one where I will take a small play on Makachev. Not huge. Uh, I do think that some of those fights where Oliveira got those chokes after being damaged, hopefully his coaching on Makachev's side is reminding him, don't go head first into Oliveira. You have to worry about those submissions no matter who you are. Uh, so I'm hoping he plays it a little bit more conservatively. 
and he grinds this out. Well, let's talk about some of those earlier fights that might already have, have you sitting in the catbird seat before you get to that main event. And uh, uh, we got uh, Krylov against uh, Ostemir here, and Volkan Ostemir, of course, uh, the fast tracker back in the day, uh, certainly at 100, uh, 205 pounds here. What do you make of this matchup here? Because now I'm looking at this, and he's a solid underdog here, obviously falling off a bit off the map here. And right now I'm looking at Krylov, almost a minus 180 betting favorite in this one. Yeah, this is one I think we had our eyes on for a while. I I actually like Krylov here as the favorite. I think he's justifiable. I will even play him, uh, maybe throw him into some parlays because this is kind of a chalky card. Uh, you look at Volkan Ozdemir, he burst onto the scene. Mm-hmm. No time. He was pointing at his you know wrist after knocking people <laughs> out early in fights. That stretch did not last long. He got exposed on the ground. And lately, he's been duking it out. You know, he he does have decent takedown defense. He knows he has to as a striker, as a kickboxer. Um, but he hasn't been getting it done with his hands, as you would expect from such a striking specialist. And after those early knockdowns, here he is. He's been in the octagon almost two hours as a light heavyweight. He's only scored three knockdowns. And Krylov actually has a higher per strike knockdown rate. So arguably Krylov is the heavier hitter here of the two, should they just go toe to toe. And Krylov also has proved to be very durable. Uh, even when he does get knocked down, he keeps fighting. So that, that is going to hopefully keep him alive on the feet. If it goes to the ground, Krylov has a huge advantage. He has landed some pretty slick submissions in the past. Um, I think he owns this on the ground. So if someone is competitive on the feet, fighting against someone's specialty, but also has an advantage elsewhere, I like those two things stacking up together, and I'm back in Krylov. Yeah, Vulcan really has not been the same since that Daniel Cormier title bout uh, many moons ago, but, but I'm with you on that one. Krylov feels like the right side to be on here. Uh, Matsuis Gamrot against uh, Bimil uh, Dariush, a very popular fighter here. Gamrot, of course, a training partner of TJ Dillashaw here. He is a, a sizable favorite here, about minus $1.90 against uh, Bimil. What do you make of this matchup here? Do you think he should almost be a $2 betting favorite? Yeah, here, here is a grappler-on-grappler grappler fight, pure and simple. Both these guys usually win because they are the grappler and winning there. And Gamrot has done it a little bit better, arguably. He, he goes for more takedowns. He lands them more often. Uh, his takedown d- defense is better. So if you know, Darius tries to you know, change things around, I think Gamrot will handle that. And Gamrot just appears to be the stronger guy. Um, and so... I think that adds up well. He, he is going to be going for takedowns. He, for every minute he's on his feet, he's attempting more than one takedown attempt. So it does not take long for Gamrot to close the distance. He may not get you on the first one, but he's going to get you on the second or the third. And that level of control really does add up. Um, so this is one where I think Gamrot is the antidote uh, to Benil's style. Uh, Benil has also been dropped four times. It's a bit of a red flag at this age in this division. Uh, so, you know, I, I, re- I just like how this stacks up. And I think Gamrot is one of those guys that he's been getting better uh, with the UFC experience. Experience. He's looked good and he keeps getting better. So I, I got a lot of attention on this fight. I got to know what the numbers say about the co-main event of the evening here for the championship at 135 pounds. Of course, the former two-time champion TJ Dillashaw back in there against Aljo. Uh, Sterling right now, a solid favorite here. Uh, seeing right now about minus $1.70, minus $1.75. Is that a price that's too big, or do you think the numbers bear it out? No, I think the numbers bear this out. And I say this as someone who bet on Dillashaw in his last fight as an underdog. Uh, he came through. He It was a very close decision, but he grinded that out, and it was clinch control that actually got him there, surprisingly. 
Uh, but you look at Sterling. So these are two excellent wrestlers. They have great metrics. But Sterling has done way more on the mat over the last few years than Dillashaw has. Dillashaw, of course, moved camps. He left Team Alpha Male, which was a wrestling camp, goes with Dwayne Ludwig, who is a striker, mm -hmm. and he has become a very effective striker. But Sterling is even more high pressure than Dillashaw is. Dillashaw has gotten by kind of bullying people with his pace, uh, throwing a lot of hands, staying out of trouble. Sterling will shut that down. He is much longer range. He's more rangier. He uses his legs. He uses body kicks. Keeps you at a distance. And he did that to Peter Jan. So this is a matchup I like for Sterling. Now, I've also liked him in the last two fights against Peter Jan. And, you know, we've, we've hit three to mm -hmm. one on those. Um, this is one we're actually having to lay the juice on Sterling. I think it's justified. I think he can take the fight anywhere. I like the fact that he's coming out of a nice five-round real heater. He really got tested there because Dillashaw has that experience. That was critical for Sterling. I think this is the right time for this matchup. About 30 seconds ago, got to get your thoughts. So you mentioned Peter Jan against the Sugar Show here. Is Sean O'Malley live or do the numbers look to Jan? I think the numbers are leaning Jan. Um, uh, huge, huge disparity in the level of competition that they have faced. Peter Jan had the perfect test run in his last fight against Sandhagen. Uh, he had a long, rangy striker who was pressuring him. He got inside. He hit him hard with counters, eventually finished the fight. And that's what Jan is going to do here, I hope. Um, you know, O'Malley, let's acknowledge, O'Malley has really, really good striking. 59% accuracy. Crazy. Jan's got to get inside and make the pay. Absolutely, Reed. Nobody has better numbers than you, my friend. Appreciate it as well. I want to thank everybody for joining First Strike. Enjoy the two title bites at Abu Dhabi. We'll see you next week here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.